Welcome to Go Home Heat, a Hell in a Cell podcast. I have lit Nick calling me from the ATL, or actually I called him from the ATL. Dude, full disclosure, three minutes into the match, you know, we had the uh, the storm yesterday, right? The And like a bunch of people lost power all over town. Three minutes into the final match, my power goes out, but I'm clever. I immediately pulled it up on my phone. So I didn't have to worry about the fact that my power went out four more times. So we may wind up rebooting this thing every now and then. Okay, what do you think about the event overall, Nick? Overall, a good heck in a sec. You know what I mean? It's a fun time. Um, there's some. Uh, we'll get into some details later, but overall, just some good wrestling. Some good wrestling, like bell to bell, really good stuff. Only two rivalries ended tonight. Yeah, you know, that was going to be something I brought up as well. But, you know, we're going to get into that. Correct. Um, but right side 2 did end, which two. I think is pretty good on the current track record of LNSL right now. Right, right. I also, I mean, I thought it was a fantastic event as far as the wrestling went. I thought everybody oh, yeah. that performed tonight did an amazing job. I thought the main event performers, we'll get into the booking of that later, uh, both the actual in-match pattern that they went through and the finish along with where we go from here. Um, I thought those guys beat the holy snot out of each other in that match. Oh, yeah. All right. But so we'll get to that. Yes. So Natty beats Mandy pre-show, which is fine. Um, it was a good little match. It's fine. Main card, yeah. Hell, Hell in a Cell match, Bailey versus Bianca. Uh, has all the spots in it. Bailey uh, ties her hair up a bunch, which is setting up the spot in which um, Bianca ties Bailey to her hair, almost using it like a uh, bull rope match or a um, you know one of those dog collar, one of those kind of things where we can't get away from each other. And so she ties her to her and just bludgeons her and pulls her all around the ring in that way. Of course, that's a spot nobody's ever seen because nobody's ever had Bianca's hair before in a match. Um, Forgot about or never thought about the fact that it's completely legal to put your feet on the ropes to get leverage on a pin. And they pointed it out to us in this match, which was good. (laughs) I mean, obviously, right? It's an ODQ. But by the same token, I just had never thought about it, you know? We get the uh, Bailey hits a sunset flip bomb into the cell, which was nice. Um, we get Bianca. Wait, we get Bianca towards the end there. She sets up. Well, the finish is where she sets up the ladder as it's open, but laying on the ground, and then hits the KOD onto Bailey which of course causes the finish because it was a rough spot, but not as rough as if she'd have left the ladder closed, but because you've never seen it open before optically, it looks better. You know what I mean? And it makes a clapping noise when they hit it. So it, it sounds better than the other one, but probably hurts a little. Although there's no way it feels good when that thing closes down and your body hits it, you know, but by the same token, it it may be a little easier spot than the other way around. Either way, Neat finish, something I haven't seen before, and we get a clean win in this rivalry, and your young uh, champion has solidified herself with victories over Sasha 
and Bailey on the show. What do you? Th- what did you think? It was so good, but there's only one problem I had. What? The rest of the show had to follow it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they did so much good work in there. It was great. I have no real qualms with it at all. And I'm thinking back, I think it may be my favorite match of the night, just because of that uh, aforementioned uh, ladder spot, as well as like the way they were able to use Bianca's hair in a fun way, with like tying it to the ropes and tying it to a chair. It was very, very good. Such it was a fantastic, such a good point you just made. If you know the way that I mean, seeing as how these things seem are in theory are predetermined, and knowing what the finish is going to be in the last match, why wouldn't it go on first? Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's the thing of like you know the whole argument of make sure like even if you don't have the the main event spot treat it like it is and try to steal the show if you can. Oh, and they, that's they, they what were it feels great. like they do. They were great. Now I believe, you know, Alexa gives a little speech here backstage swinging on her swing where she says, you know, two things are coming. Be careful what you ask for and two, expect the unexpected tonight. And she gives it to us. But first, Seth versus Cesaro. We know these two guys are great wrestlers. Uh, Seth jumps Cesaro pre-match but gets whooped from pillar to post. Um, hits the dirty. Uh, Seth doesn't hit the dirty deeds, but he utilizes dirty deeds to his advantage in order to get Cesaro in trouble periodically. Cesaro has an amazing spot where he dead left Seth into a suplex. You know, they, they write these things. When you have a, a Cesaro match, you automatically have to think, how can we utilize the fact that he's the pound for pound strongest person we've seen in wrestling? Well, probably since, probably since Hogan had to testify about steroids. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, I thought this was great. Cesaro did manage to swing him fifteen times. He gets him in two sharpshooters. He gets him in a um, couple of cross faces in there, and then he just begins to stomp Seth in the chest and the arm and shoulder to the point where he's going to put him in another one, and then Seth has been watching old Ric Flair videos, and as the guy leans down to get him for another uh, submission hold, Seth rolls him into one of those old-school roll-ups that, that Flair would use in this situation and gets the one, two, three. And um, I, thought it was, I thought it was great. I thought the match was great. I'm, I'm a, little, a little taken aback because... As much as I like Seth, I would have liked him to lose here and Cesaro to move on into the main event. But with the rumors swirling that a Cena or a Brock will be coming around soon, Cesaro is probably not going to get to challenge Roman in the immediate future. And so, I get it. You know what I mean? They, what do you What do you do with Cesaro once you have him in a program with the second biggest heel in the company, or at least on this particular show? Uh, and you can't really send him back into other stuff. So holding him here for a second, you've already done the Jey Uso versus him, and you'll have to do that again whenever he gets into a program with Roman. So I, I get it, but in a way, it's kind of mm, whoops. What did you think? Do you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. We're just kicking the ball a little farther down the field before we get it. In, before yeah. we get it in there. 
and they'll be fun. I mean, and they probably will not touch each other a little bit on the way into Money in the Bank and then kind of reboot it at Money in the Bank and then Cesaro go over him, something like that. Um, but also, praise be to the new Mr. Small Package. Yes, you the, know the smallest of packages is what Daniel no Bryan would smaller. once say. Wait, no, you can't say that on TV. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then we wind up with uh, Shayna not being willing to justify any of this Lily mess or the hand-kissing of Reggie onto her pre-match as she marches out to the ring to give Alexa the beating she has coming. And she does just exactly that. She beats... Alexa Bliss all over the place, roughs her up. Every time she pauses in the beating, Alexa smiles. Alexa is absorbing this punishment. It's not like she uh, is able to fight off Shayna. It's just that she doesn't mind the abuse she's getting. She doesn't mind the punishment here. And then we notice that when Shayna locks eyes with her, she starts to shake her head. And that's the first hint that things are going to get weird. Um, let me rephrase that. The first hint in the match. <laughs> yeah, because uh, there are many hints that it's going to get weird. Right. Uh, previously and during. Right. But, Re um, Re Reggie gets on the apron. They lock eyes, and Reggie uh, gets possessed or something. Um, Naya and Alexa lock eyes. And Alexa forces Nia to raise her hand and strike Reggie. And then when Nia snaps out of it, she has no clue what she's done. Um, and then, of course, as Shayna continues to put Alexa in all of these horrible uh, joint manipulation issues, uh, Alexa deals with them, enjoys, seems to enjoy the punishment. As Shayna eventually begins to go for what we might think would be the finish, they lock eyes again, and Shayna backs away. That is when Alexa manages to do a couple of elbow shots to the head, a couple of punches, and hit the Sister Abigail, followed by Twisted Bliss, gets the win. And I know all the wrestling purists will be furious with this, and I, I get that. I know that uh, Alexa... um having super having supernatural powers there was a supernatural tv show call out by graves i believe where he said at what point do you call and he used those guys last names what, what are their names in supernatural it doesn't matter the brothers dean and sam winchester <laughs> I, at what point do you call the winchester brothers to come deal with this is what he said but we get and we get the um finish here and i guess that's called clean What's your I mean, interpretation of this? Like, did you hate it? Did you love it? As a scriptwriter yourself, um, personally, I'm in the middle ground about it. Um, neither like up and on serious because it's like if we're gonna be mad about supernatural things in wrestling, boy oh boy, do I have some terrible things to tell you about. You ever seen uh, Rosemary? <laughs> um, so I don't mind it, but the thing is, of for me. Personally, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to figure out the trajectory for the Alexa Bliss character, if that makes any sense. Like, Bray Wyatt was essentially the, the slasher killer in the back of the room. Whenever he came into something, it was a horror movie. And he was this unstoppable force 
who would just attack people. Alexa seems to be more reactive than proactive. At least, maybe that that might be my thing. Where if she were to go on the, like, directly attack someone else and do it in her own unique way that isn't just, like, Bray Wyatt 2.0, I think I would be more, like, susceptible to it. I feel like a lot of people would be as well. Okay, to your point, Bray would change people. Yes. We don't know that that is what happens here. It almost feels in the playground, right? It almost feels like she picks somebody to play with and then maybe she'll stop doing that. Another thing is I've hated this whole program with Baszler. I don't but I do think it has shown me that Baszler is a sports entertainer, which I was not 100% sure of. I love Shayna Baszler in the ring and I enjoy her period as a as a professional wrestler. But until the Nia back and forth kind of buddy cop back and forth thing, and then this program, I had my doubts on Vince ever being able to embrace her as a performer, right? And now I'm 100% sure that he should be able to really enjoy her as a performer because she can do much more than just go out there and superplex people and fishermen suplex people and break elbows, right? But yeah, like I would like to see her kind of go into a little bit of what she was in NXT, but also you can still kind of use the chops you gained while in Raw and with Nia. You know, you can still have her be a larger than life personality. That's possible. The other thing, though, is I've been saying that the way Bliss wrestled in this match is the way she's supposed to wrestle. So I can't act like I didn't enjoy this because they gave me literally what I've been saying I wanted. You know, she should go out there and absorb punishment and not like she should be able to take her character should be able to take pins every now and then and giggle and walk away. Cause that's not really the point. You know what I mean? And pins are only for three seconds. So it's okay if she gets stunned every now and then. Right. But also she should never absorb punishment. And once the initial hurt, is done continue to sell it she should smile because she's crazy and if she's not inside these people's head of their own just because some people can't handle you know what i mean the whole thing yeah i I just really uh i liked the match i just don't know about the whole i can make people slap their friends upside the head and stuff like that if they lock eyes yeah that's that's yeah, kind of strange. that's where I feel like. Like, again, bell to bell, the two did great work. Like, Shayna proved she's still just a monster in the ring. Bliss still is able to sell like a madman as well as look like she's doing weird exorcist proportions yeah. <laughs> like a madman. And we have it's a... very good. Right. Um, but I just, it's a thing of like a... Are the character is I think correct me if I'm wrong on this and I, and I realize that you may have talked about this this may be a discussion that's been had a million times uh, by oh uh, several people good it's like a million times but do we think that the Alexa Bliss character. Uh, as she stands right now, that was really kind of given to her by Bray Wyatt. Is it really the best thing 
for Alexa Bliss. Here, end of sentence. Um, because the, the thing that bothers me the most is Alexa Bliss at her at her peak and at her best has always kind of been someone who's able to utilize the thing that she's best at, which is her mouth, and utilizes the other best thing, which is the fact that she's very flexible and very easy to like manipulate and run around everything. She's able to. She's been able to like squeak away wins where she shouldn't be able to, and that's always kind of what made her kind of a compelling heel. And always been, at least for for my for my money, why she's always a very impressive heel, and why she, as a character she was always someone that you had to kind of look out for because she was always a, literally a wild card that could just get the win because she could just slip and twist the bliss and it's over. And for this, which requires a much larger-than-life stage presence, like, okay, it's like having Scarlet from NXT have them, like, equally as dominating and demonic, like, dominating stuff as Karrion Cross also can control people's minds. Like, is this the best use of her ability? Is this, is this... Should we be doing this? Because Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler, as we saw both in the ring, and on paper is great because you have someone who can, who is designed to break people's limbs and someone whose limbs are extremely flexible. You can make magic with that. So it's just a whole thing of like, at least for me, is this, like, I know, like, it's kind of a, a moot point to be like, I don't like this character. But the thing where I'm just trying to think of, like, if we're going to have this be like her Bliss's character, it has to go somewhere or it has to be something that can function inside of the wrestling environment. Because as it stays, it feels like an attempt to make The Fiend while The Fiend is gone without knowing exactly who to put her up against. Does that, does that does anything I've said make any sense? Well, I get where you're coming from. Uh, I, I think that we all enjoyed the partnership of them together. And I think they were in a weird spot when Bray said, I need to go away for a little while. Um, I think it is hard for them to write for this because I don't think they had a plan for it. And I don't know that we know exactly where they're going. I don't think they know where they're going. But um, so I just, it's, it's going to have to be a question mark. Alexa can do whatever they ask her to do because she's doing exactly what they're telling her to do it's just a matter of and she does good at it it's just a matter of whether or not you you can give yourself over to it and so far it has been hard to do that but moving right along ko versus Sami Zayn. we this is our second ring of honor match of the night there after the seth cesaro one and i thought this was fantastic it kevin started out with throat problems due to what happened friday night absorbing the two blows in the final match there on his on his larynx um and so the nigerian nail i believe and so he enters the ring visibly coughing he once he does a couple of moves he starts to have trouble breathing he still manages to beat sammy up pretty pretty much the majority of the match unless once sammy figured out if i hit him in the throat it's my time. That's when the match turns on its heel a little bit. And every time KO would would get the match back to normal, Sammy would 
figure out a way to either get him in a front face lock or uh, throw his throw his head into a turnbuckle, throw his neck into the ropes, and he continued to do that until um, he manages to get the Haluva kick in the win. Um, there was a great spot where he also hurt his arm during the match. Kevin did. He did a in consequences be damned, which is Kevin Owens style. Sammy's laid out on the floor and he does a swanton bomb onto the floor. Sammy gets his legs up and that leads to a chain of events that costs him the match. This is Sammy Zane and Kevin Owens will never be over, but Kevin will be in uh, Sammy will be insufferable come Friday night. I'm looking forward to it. What did you think? Another great match. Like it, similar to the first match, this is also one of my favorites. Like, and it's because of the reason you said they could, they're gonna wrestle forever. It's just written in the stars at this point. Yeah, and it's Steamboat Flare. Yeah, it's forever. Yeah. Um, they are the definition of the chance fight forever. Mm-hmm. But I just. I don't know. It's like every match that they do is just—it's so fluid and so fun. And for this one, it, it mainly did focus on the neck thing. And Sammy can I sell like really nobody's like business. This, hmm? Sammy can sell like nobody's business. Oh yeah, and fantastic work. And I love the way that like Kevin was like selling the throat the entire time, which is giving a lot of credence to our muscle man for Apollo. But for me, what I I just really like that point where like Owens and Sammy were right in each other's faces, like Sammy was bleeding out of the mouth, and you could just see just Kevin was both exhausted but still so angry. Like you ever have that thing where like you're so enraged but you're so exhausted at the same time that you just you just sort of don't have anything to say, but you're just kind of breathing. You're just sort of. I just give me a minute and I'll be able to wind it back up. That's such a small thing that I noticed in that match that I just kind of was like, that's really good. This is very fun. Bringing it in spurts due to, oh, yeah. due to the scenario. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Then we get Charlotte, our second women's title match of the evening, Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley. Uh, Rhea seems to have a pitchfork through her eyelid there in uh the makeup in pain, not in real life. In pain, it wasn't. It wasn't a gore effect. Right. To be clear. Now, to be honest, I would go into more detail with this match, but with the way the finish was, I think I'll just kind of be a little quicker. <laughs> it was oh, great. Yeah. It was a great, great match. They were fantastic early on. Charlotte, be, actually, Charlotte sets up the last few words she says to Rhea right out the shoot of the match as. She grabs the belt and throws it at Charlotte. Uh, throws it at Ripley right out the chute, follows it up, and they have a little fisticuffs before the thing starts. And then Charlotte says, lesson one. And then she she gets an advantage again, and she says, lesson two. And so then as we go through the match, whenever Charlotte gets the advantage, you can tell that she feels like, you know, I'm the established one. I'm the now. You're coming sooner. The belt being on you is just too soon. It's not like it shouldn't be there at some point. It should it should be there when I'm done holding it, right? And Ripley is able to absorb tons of punishment. She flips the scripts. There are times when you think for sure she's got Charlotte put away. Um, her knee winds up getting injured, which Charlotte, of course, does that to her. Um, 
causing her, causing Ripley to win. She does a couple of moves that might have put the match away, lands on her knee, and then therefore can't really get it done. You, then you have the spot where as Ripley looks to be, she's been put into figure eight. She manages to roll through, get to the rope, crawl all the way out of the ring. Charlotte still won't give up the hold. She's on the ground. She realizes um, one legged here. There's I'm in a bad spot trying to finish this match like this. She grabs the top of the announcer's desk, desk hit Charlotte in the head with it. The referee stops the fight. Kind of a weird stoppage in that Charlotte, in theory, had kicked Rhea's leg into the steel steps earlier. If hitting someone in the head with a with a board, with a flimsy board, because those boards are kind of flimsy when you see the way they bend, when you, you you get where I'm coming from here. Yeah, like the like what is what are what are the exact laws written about what counts as a DQ, what doesn't? Because I feel like it's up to the ref's discretion, I'm sure. But where does he get off to say the steel steps that's legal, but this piece of plastic and possible cardboard that's 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 too much. That's too much. <laughs> Either way, though, the point was this thing gets stopped, and Rhea says, give me my belt, and she walks away laughing, and Charlotte blurts out, you're learning, B-word, and Rhea replies back something to the effect of, I only did what you would have done in my shoes. You know, she doesn't say my shoes, but I only did what you would have done. And Charlotte kind of rubs her chin as she's laying on the bottom rope and she's got this big grin on her face and it's almost an acknowledgement of A, you know I had you, that's why you did that. Because she did blurt out earlier, I know why you did that, right? So she's like, one, I got her. So if we wrestle again, I'll get her. But two, there's an acknowledgement of you're more formidable than I gave you credit for. And I thought that it was it, it's not a purposeful thing, but the close-up on her face and the smile, and then she has a little patience tattooed on her hand. And um it it just they kind of all fit right there together, like almost like she was saying, Yeah, I'll get you. <laughs> but of course, this means we get more of this rivalry, right? It's not finished, which is gonna drive people crazy because people hate. And I don't knock it. People hate Charlotte being in the main events. And I get it. She's been in the main events a lot, right? What did you think of all this? I will say that, again, Bell to Bell, great match. The ending threw me off only because we had a DQ in, not in a Hell in a Cell match, but in a pay-per-view that is designed to be no DQs, end-all, end be-all. Mm-hmm. And we had a DQ win, which is uh, that's a decision you decided to make. But in terms of the story of like what they were telling in the ring, which was Charlotte trying to teach Rhea about like how like like you were talking about earlier, and the fact that Rhea had out dirtied the dirtiest player in the game, I think that or the daughter of the dirtiest player in the game. I think is really cool and very good. I just wish that it had a more solid ending where maybe she did the dirty trick and then immediately like covered her and got the win. Right. Uh, but you know, that's just, um, but yes, um, a good match though. A very good match. Yes. 
Speaking of people who've been in the main event quite a bit, our main event of the evening involves Drew McIntyre, who has now headlined two WrestleManias in a row and two Hell in a Cells in a row. And Bobby Lashley for Bobby's belt. Stip is, if Bobby were to win, Drew McIntyre can never again challenge for this title. And I thought so that, long as Bobby is the champion. Correct. He can't ever fight Bobby again for the belt. Correct. And I thought this match was slap amazing. They beat the holy crowd. I said all along, Drew drives me crazy in that the way they have booked him as this superhero uh, is very much like they always book their faces. I've said that on every program. That's a raw program. But by the same token, when you ring the bell, the dude's good. He's good. He's formidable. He, you know, it's not his fault that he's told to just, you know, beat seven people at one time or whatever. Bobby is a fantastic performer. And when you put these guys in this environment, it is actually like the purpose of the cell. And of course, with Sean and Taker going straight to the top of it, the first episode, you can lose track of that sometimes. The purpose of the cell is to contain the violence in a cell, right? Nobody interferes, which of course we get some in this one later. But early on, up until the referee gets knocked out, I absolutely loved everything I saw. And if if Drew had won or Bobby had won clean at that point in which one of them knocks the referee out, I would have been frustrated with Drew winning, but I would have said, great match, awesome ending to this show. Instead, shenanigans get into play here. Referee gets knocked out. Drew finishes Bobby off, covers him. Bobby just lays there. Well, one thing I always think about when they say, he could have pinned him forever. If the referee ain't around and the wrestler's, if the wrestler's laying down and he's not hearing anybody count, why on earth would he kick out? Why? As long as you lay there, you get to rest. Why would you ever That's kick true. out if nobody's counting, right? And they never point that out, you know? So anyway, so he pins him once there. And then he hits him a little more and then he calls for the referee to come in. The referee slowly, for goodness sakes, unlocks the cage and gets in there. Nobody seems to notice MVP slide in as well. Then they, uh, the referee goes for, uh, as, as Drew puts Bobby down again for the pin, we get the two count and the referee gets pulled out of the ring by MVP who has just been locked in with Drew. So then Drew turns his attention away from Bobby and completely murks MVP. And then we get a whole nother match. And again, I've seen wrestling before. I realize these things happen. So we the whole other match is, again, a bludgeoning of both men. They have all the great spots. It's fantastic. Um, I loved, I can't remember if it was before or after all this, where Bobby gets hit with the, with the stairs once, and then, like, as he arises, you see um, Drew go to hit him again. And Bobby manages to to grab the steps and shove them into Drew, and then do that with him against the against the fence over and over. I thought that was a cool spot. There were tons of really vicious, cool spots throughout this thing. 
But the finish winds up being Drew again. I mean, after Bobby winds up uh, slamming Drew off the pillar that's the ring post, picking him up, choke slamming him through a table onto the floor, still doesn't manage to pin him. Then Drew flips the script again. He's got Bobby dead to rights. And MVP arises from the dead, grabs his heel, and we get a roll-up. And Bobby Lashley wins the result I wanted. Uh, as far as I did not want to... Look, I love Drew. Drew can get into stuff in a different way. I just was tired of him being in the final match of the night so much and the omnipresence of Raw, right? But that finish, yeah. dude, what on earth, bro? I will say there's, there was one thing I wanted to comment about. Like, first of all, everything you said, uh, I back up 100%. The match itself, was it was going to be my favorite until anything happened. But I, there was something I really liked about the both. Uh, both Drew and Bobby were given the chance to be quote unquote. Hey, can you can you say that again? We couldn't hear you. One thing I liked about the match I did want to say was the fact that at some point in the match, both Drew and Bobby were given the opportunity to be defiant and correct to each other. And it kind of shows off that like regular like heel versus like Steve Austin type. You have like. Two very proud men trying to prove that they are better than the other by beating the snot out of the other. Total alpha, Drew, alphas. Yeah, you had Drew kind of pinned it. Like, the interference with MVP there I thought was fine. Like, the kendo stick right. from the outside to kind of taper him off in, inside of it. I'm like, that's fine. That's that, I, I will accept this. And yeah. then there's him flipping off Bobby. And then later on the second half of the match, and Bobby's chance to be defined after, like, Drew hit him with a chair. Bobby kind of gets up on his like his knees and spits at him. And it's like there it is. That's my champion. I <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I loved both of those. Right. But then uh, I feel like you're going to go into this a little bit more detail. But the fact that the Hell in the Cell match specifically, and I kind of alluded to this earlier with the previous match, it ended with a surprise roll up after a. Uh, distraction and interference feels like this the hell of a cell was designed to to prevent this and the structure is failing at this point where it's like at this point gang we gotta come up with a better structure <laughs> well no it's very easily pregnable. here's my thing though here's my thing about all of this let's 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 overlook the fact that the structure didn't work because we've had moments where the structure didn't work before. Right. Um, Sean, uh, you know, like I said, the very first one, the structure didn't work. That's fine. Let's go to the point of this match was you are going to have Bobby Lashley as your champion in theory, either Brock Lesnar or Kofi Kingston. One is coming after him. If Brock comes back, we assume Brock will come back for Bobby and we will get that at SummerSlam. If not, then we may get that summer of Kofi, which is what I'm hoping for. Either way, Bobby Lashley should be perceived as a killer. And the way you booked him at the tail end, of the, the way you told his story at the tail end of this match is not only did, did Drew have him beaten once in the middle of the ring clean, 
He had him beaten twice in the middle of the ring clean. Then after interference by another person, and after Bobby got the jump on him, after all of this, he still flips the script and has Bobby beaten again in order for Bobby to get the roll-up. I don't mind a roll-up. The greatest match, I believe, in the history of pro wrestling is Steamboat Savage. It ended in a roll-up. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with the fact that they beat each other up to the point that one of them got caught slipping. That's fine. But you just booked the guy who you're supposed to be building this company around on Monday nights weaker than the dude who can't challenge for the belt anymore. That's my issue with it. You see what I'm saying? Why does Drew have to be booked like nobody could ever beat him that's a human? He's got that Hogan booking going on a little bit. Well, it ain't just Hogan. uh, Justin and I talk about it all the time. It's not just Hogan. That's how they booked Seth. That's how they booked Roman. That's how they booked Ultimate Warrior. That's how they, if you're the champ, you know, well, okay, that's fine. Well, now Bobby's the champ. Book him like that. You know? Yeah, because, like, I think the thing is, like, if you compare Bobby to Roman right now, the two champions, who is the spirit champion? The guy who molly literally everybody who's ever been in the ring with, beat a man and his son, had a small, very brief home cell match on Friday night, beat the piss out of a legend of Rey Mysterio, or do we get the guy who lost several times to Drew in one match McIntyre who is great don't get me wrong but also like you lost several times to him and it's not thing like Roman like almost lost to like Edge and uh, Daniel Bryan Kevin Owens Jay had him on the ropes they had him on the ropes that wasn't Queen and beaten in the middle of the ring right but uh, several times Jay had to save him and it's funny because they were they were they were running dangerously close on SmackDown to uh my heel champ needs help every week, right? They were running yeah. dangerously close to doing that. And then they self-corrected. And now you've seen Roman stack both guys on each other at WrestleMania, choke a guy out to put him to sleep to end his career, choke another guy out. Um, you know, uh basically kill Rey Mysterio. Um so they they self-corrected and you know if you're booking a guy to, and you know Bobby gets to murk guys don't get me wrong but you don't see I mean you know Drew beat Bobby if you if you count Monday night you know uh once almost threw those two guys the two Viking Raiders guys out of the way basically Drew beat three guys and pinned Bobby so he's literally pinned Bobby now, you know, three times and had him dead to rights on the fourth. And yet and yet now he's not so realistically, if you're watching the show, Drew's really the champ, but he can't be the champ until Brock Lesnar or Kofi takes the belt off of him. You know, so that's my problem with it. And but and I get it. That's that's who the company is. But it it, it um let me just say I'm glad they only booked that way one night a week. Yeah, <laughs> and it sounds like I hated it, and I did not. I did. I loved the match. It's just once we started doing that, I was like, "Come on, man, give me a you know, come on." And I, I, I know I'm being childish, I'm sure, question. but yes, I do want to pose this question while we're here. 
what do we think of this compare like the Roman stuff versus or the Drew the Drew versus the Roman but then you also have on the NXT brand you have Karrion Cross who is similarly uh, books like a monster but there's a definite difference between the way Karrion Cross is booked and the way that Drew McIntyre knocked out three people because Karrion technically took out as he said the Mount Rushmore of NXT, mm-hmm. technically. But that being said, also they were beating each other up mostly the entire time. It wasn't carrying cross, even though there were seconds where carrying cross took on the world for a little bit. Okay, I didn't expect this question, but think about how that match was booked. Mm-hmm. They they teamed up on Cross to get him out of the action, and then they fought each other, and then Cross got his wits about him came back in beat them all up till they teamed up on him again and then they had they got rid of him and then they beat up on each other right so he was still booked like a monster in those matches now the flip side of you say well why is that okay for him and not okay for drew think about the size of the guys you're talking about right right. adam cole's adam cole's a small guy gargano's a small guy you know, all you know what I mean. Like if Drew was walking around NXT doing the same thing he's doing now, I get it, right? And you know, I mean, I get it. You know, if he was do, but but if he's doing this to Bobby Lashley, who's the same size of, as him, and we know has a legitimate martial arts background, that bothers me. And I'm not saying he can't I beat him in a match. Saying. He's a pro wrestler. You know, there are things that he can do. You know, you can make it look legitimate, but also. If you were going to take the belt off of Carrion, I would expect you to book him a little different. Like when he's in the ring with Keith Lee, he's not going to be murking Keith Lee like that. That was a good match they had against each other. I mean, heck, he hurt himself. Yeah. You know? But anyway, I really enjoyed the night, though. You had a good night? I did. I did. Even though, like, we had a little uh, complaints here and there. Solid wrestling, bell to bell, good stuff, good times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. That's the thing, man, is, is a lot of times with the IWC, you know, we can all sit around and go, man, I can't believe they complain all the time. God, I'm not. And then, you know, you get in here and I do the same thing. Like, I, I go crazy talking about this stuff. But by the same token, it's so much fun. And the, and the wrestling was so good. And part of the fun of it is, and this is where Vince gets me, part of the fun of it is me being mad about the booking. That's that's being worked, brother. Right. There's that's, a yeah. There's a reason. Yeah, I got worked into a shoot right there. Right. <laughs> there you go. But anyway, you know, I'm looking forward to this week going forward. Thank you so much for calling, Nick. This has been a Go Home Heat production, uh, copyright 2021. Nick. Thank you for having me, and also everybody, please stay safe and go.